Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ gives hope and it gives hope to the to the believer and this hope that he gives is steadfast and sure this hope is not a I hope this all works out like I think it will this hope is it's all going to work out like the word of God says it will and so go to with me to the book of Revelation we're going to begin this series and um I hope that it's a help to you today. Today, I just want to really look at the first few verses of the book of Revelation. We're not going to get deep into the the book here today, uh, but as we go week to week, we will dive into this book. And my plan is to go through the entire book. Um, And so I hope that this is a a help to you. uh, And we'll see some things that um, uh, the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ, Let's look together, if you would, please, in the book, uh, verse number one of chapter one, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto the servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the word of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, we find in this first passage of Scripture in the book of Revelation, it is John, the Apostle John, that is going to be writing this book. John is, is exiled to, for being a Christian, for being a follower of Jesus Christ. He's exiled to the island of Patmos. And while he is in exile on the island of Patmos, he has revealed this. He is, he is shown a future. He's shown what's going to come to pass. Now, understand this. There's going to be some things as John is writing. John is going to see deep into the future, and there are some things that John is not going to understand. Obviously, as John is seeing into the future, he's going to see things of war that back 2,000 years ago, John would not have ever seen before. If you were to take a look from 2,000 years ago till now, you obviously would see things that are very difficult to understand. And so some of the things that John is going to be writing, John is going to write in the only way that he can as he is seeing these things. He's being shown the future. The, the future is being revealed to John, and John is penning as he is hearing and writing and seeing what is happening here into the future. What's interesting about this book, this is obviously the last book of the Bible. This is a culmination of everything that is within the Bible. This is not a separate thing. Everything within the Bible leads up to the book of Revelation. I believe it's important. Now, there are some that all they want is to hear about the the book of Revelation and nothing else. That's not healthy as a Christian. But equally, it's not healthy as a Christian for us to know everything else and not the book of Revelation. So I believe it's important for us to study the book of Revelation so that we have an understanding of this book because this book is a part of the whole and this book builds everything within the Bible builds to the book of Revelation. The book of the, the Bible starts with the book of Genesis. Genesis is the creation of heaven and earth. 
all through the Bible, then we find what is happening and we are living right now upon what happened in the book of Genesis. God created and then we're, we're, we're living out what happened because of the fall of man. All the things that we are experiencing, we're experiencing because of what happened in the book of Genesis. But the book of Revelation is going to show us a new heaven and a new earth. The book of Genesis, we see the first Adam uh, reigning on earth. God tells Adam to, to, uh, to, to multiply and to, to take care of the earth. But in the book of Revelation, we're going to see the last Adam reigning in glory. Jesus Christ is going to, we're going to see the, the eternal reign of Jesus Christ. In the book of Genesis, we see uh, an earthly, an earthly uh, bride brought to the first Adam. Remember when uh, God said to Adam, it's not good that man should be alone. He brought uh, uh, Adam a wife. And we could preach a whole message on that right there. He brought Adam a wife. And he brought a bride. Well, in the book of Revelation, we're going to find where Jesus Christ, the last Adam, is going to receive his bride. The, char- the church, you and I are the, the bride of Christ. Those that are saved are the bride of Christ. We see that in the book of Revelation. In the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we see all of these things that God created, and we see the revelation or the ending of these things as well in the book of Revelation. Genesis, we, uh, it, we begin... Uh, to see death and curse, the beginning of it. When man sinned, death came upon all man, and all man from that point on is born with a sin nature. But in the book of Revelation, Christ brings us to a state of no death and no more curse of sin. In the book of Genesis, we find this, that that man is driven from the face of God because of sin. But what we're going to find in the book of Revelation is this, that we see God's face in his glory. And so what, what, was, what was tainted because of sin in the book of Genesis is going to be restored as we study the book of Revelation. In Genesis, Satan appears to be, appears to man for the first time. But in the book of Revelation, we're going to see that Satan appears for the very last time because the Bible tells us this in the book of Revelation that Satan is going to be cast with all death and hell into the lake of fire. Revelation brings the entire Bible together. Revelation is not a separate book where it is doom and gloom and and, uh, uh, it's to be studied within the context of the entire Bible because the revelation is the revealing of Jesus Christ, the Lamb. Or you could say this, it's showing the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ to rule and reign forever. And so I want to give you today, as we begin this series today, I want to just give you several points that I want you to see in these first several verses of the book of Revelation, just to build the foundation of what we're going to be looking at, why we're going to be looking at it, and what we as Christians should be getting out of the book of Revelation. My goal in preaching through the book of Revelation is not to give anybody sleepless nights. Matter of fact, the Christian that understands the book of Revelation is not now brought to a place of fear and anxiety, but the Christian that understands Revelation is brought to a place of peace, realizing this, God is in control. And so I want us to see this. In verse number one, let's read this again. The the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass 
And he sent and signified it by the angel unto the servant John, who bear record, this is John, bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. I want you to write this down. First of all, Jesus Christ is the theme of this book. Jesus Christ is the theme of this book. Now, a lot of people study through the book of Revelation and they want to know, so what is this? What is, what is, what is the meaning of, of, of this beast? Or what is the meaning of this really, this chapter where it seems like everything is exploding and men are dying and all the things are, no, you're missing the whole theme of Revelation. The theme of Revelation is Jesus Christ. We want to look for Jesus Christ in the entire book of Revelation. I want you to see again, it's called the revealing or the revelation of Christ. That's why so many that begin to study the book of Revelation, oftentimes they get off because they're looking for things instead of looking for Jesus Christ in those things. They're making more of an emphasis on things that don't really matter than they are on the one the entire book is about. It's about Jesus Christ. We aren't looking for something, but as we study over these next several weeks, we are going to look for someone, and that someone is going to be Jesus Christ. The study of Revelation is a study of the triumph of the Lamb, the victory that we have. And this is why as we study the book of Revelation, so many people think, oh, I don't want to know. I'm not sure I can handle that. No, a Christian can handle it because what it's going to show you if you understand it is that Jesus Christ, he is going to triumph. He is going to rule. He is in control. And everything that he has already planned is going to come to pass. Revelation means, simply means this. Unveiling. Unveiling. It's an unveiling of Jesus Christ. Look again, read that in verse number one. The unveiling of Jesus Christ, or the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the theme of the book of Revelation because Jesus Christ is the theme of the entire Bible. This is why some will say, and I want to warn the church of this, there is this this really, um, uh, uh, on the internet especially, there's, there's a lot of this where the Old Testament is not necessary for today's Christian. And it's infiltrating churches everywhere. I had a fellow, even our own church, several years ago come to me and say, why do you preach anything out of the Old Testament? That's not for the New Testament Christian. And it's so grossly wrong. Because the Old Testament, the Old Testament is prophesying of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Just as I mentioned with the Passover, the Passover is a representation of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. That theme of the Old Testament is Jesus Christ is coming as the Messiah. Others don't, they'll read books of the Old Testament and miss the entire theme. They'll read stories of David and think they're all about David. And really what it's about is God through the line and lineage of a King David, the Messiah is going to come. And so as we read the entire Bible, we must read from the beginning of it. When when, uh, man sinned and God promised the Savior would come, everything is about Jesus Christ. Jesus' glory is going to be unveiled as we study the book of Revelation. And so what is Revelation? What is this unveiling? It's the glory of Jesus Christ is going to be seen throughout this entire book. 
And so you can mark this down. If you're taking notes here this morning, then I want you to understand this. The book of Revelation is about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's about the second coming of Jesus Christ, which all of us as New Testament Christians are supposed to be longing and waiting for. And as the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at first, in 1 Corinthians, a church at Thessalonica, he wrote this to them as he's telling about the, the, uh, the rapture of the church and the dead in Christ rising. As he comes to the end of that chapter, he says this, comfort one another with these words. The book of Revelation, the second coming of Jesus Christ, is not to bring fear and, and anxiety to the believer as they see all the events of this world. What it's supposed to do is bring calmness and peace and comfort to the Christian, knowing that Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign, and we will be with him for all of eternity. And so we ought to get peace as we study Jesus Christ through the book of Revelation, because it tells of the second coming of Jesus. When Jesus came the first time, we read of his crucifixion. As we come to this table and we remember what Jesus Christ did, we remember his crucifixion. But in the second coming of Jesus Christ, when we study the book of Revelation, we're going to study his coronation. He's not coming again. He's not coming again to be crucified. He's not coming again to give his life. He's coming again this time in the book of Revelation to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's coming again to be king and he will rule and reign. In the first uh, uh, time Jesus came, the first coming, there was much shame. He was, he was uh, rejected. But when he comes the second time in the book of Revelation, we're going to see he is going to come in all his splendor and all of his glory. When he came the first time, he came and he, he uh, died upon a tree. But when he comes the second time in the book of Revelation, he is coming to sit on his throne forever and ever. In the first coming of Jesus Christ, as we study throughout the entire Bible, coming up to the book of Revelation, we, stand, we read of a man called Pilate, and Jesus stood a prisoner before Pilate as Pilate judged Jesus. But I want you to note this. Every, the Bible says this, that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When Jesus comes again, yes, the first time he came, he stood before Pilate, but the second time he comes, he will, it's Pilate, and men like Pilate will stand before Jesus Christ, and Christ will judge them. He is coming as the judge. All authorities in this world will bow to Jesus Christ. All men that have denied Jesus Christ will bow and proclaim, he is Lord. The first coming of Jesus Christ, he came as a servant. But when Jesus Christ comes again, as we see him throughout the book of Revelation, we will see Jesus Christ as the sovereign king. And that's how the book of Revelation portrays Jesus Christ. Jesus may not have had his rightful place in society today. Problems with what we see today, it seems like more and more in this generation and in generations to come until Jesus Christ returns, we're going to find a society that rejects Jesus Christ. And for us that are living in these societies that are rejecting Jesus Christ, it can bring us much much uh, uh, stress, much anxiety, much fear. But the book of Revelation tells us that Jesus is coming, and when he comes, he will rule and reign. So those of us that know Jesus Christ, we have hope. No matter what this world looks like, we have hope. And if this 
series in the book of Revelation does anything other than give you hope, then we're missing the theme of Revelation. We're missing the purpose of Revelation, and that is Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus comes, we are going to see him as King of Kings, and we're going to see him as Lord of Lords. And I want us to, with that understanding, that's how I want us to view the book of Revelation here today. So if you'd write this down here today, I'm going to give you several things in the time that I have. And what I love about a series is this. If I'm running out of time, I just stop and we pick it up next week. And so today I want to begin with this. Um, secondly, uh, first, first, I'd mention this. We're going to see the theme of, G, of, of the book of Revelation, and that's Jesus Christ. Secondly, I want you to write this down. The reason for the book. The reason. We find that in verse number one as well. In, in uh, verse number two, the Bible says this. It's not only the revelation or the revealing, the theme of Jesus Christ, unveiling of Christ, which gave, God gave unto him to show unto, <clears throat> I want you to mark this down, his servants. <clears throat> Excuse me, his servants. Jesus, the book of Revelation is revealing Jesus Christ or unveiling Jesus Christ to his servants. That, that word servant, that's this Greek word doulos, which, which means bond servant. It's a bond slave. That means this. This is written to the child of God, the believer in Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is not written so that Hollywood could make stories of the book of Revelation. A lost person will never understand the book of Revelation. It wasn't written to them. The book of Revelation is written to the servant or the bond servant or the one following Jesus Christ. The one that knows Jesus Christ as their savior, that is who the book of Revelation is written to. You see, someone else takes the book of Revelation, all they see is Armageddon. They take the book of, Arden, uh, of Revelation and all they want to see is, is, is nuclear conflicts and death. And they want to see something that's action-packed. But the child of God doesn't look for that in the book of Revelation. He looks for what Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is. And the reason for the book is written for his servants. It's written for the church. I had a pastor one time say to me, I've never uh, uh, preached out of the book of Revelation. It's too difficult to understand. And so I just avoid it. And I said to him this, well, the problem is this. If, if verse number one dispels that, no matter how hard it is, the reality is this, it's written to us. Therefore, we ought to know what it has to say. There's a purpose for it. Now, again, the church can't just emphasize all their time and spend all their time on the book. There's 66 Books total in the Bible, this is just one of those 66, but we can't avoid this book because it was written to the believer. It's written, Jesus wants us to know something about the unveiling of Christ in the second coming. And so I want to make this statement, you're not going to understand it if you don't know Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation, you'll miss the point. It's not going to make sense to the one that's not a child of God. You see, the book of Revelation tells us things which must come to pass. And it's going to come to pass so that the servant of Christ has an understanding or an understanding of what? Jesus Christ. This helps the follower of Christ to understand Christ even greater. 
This helps the follower of Jesus Christ something to be unveiled for us to know something about Jesus Christ and his second coming. And so, first of all, the reason behind it is it tells us things that must come to pass. The Bible says this, again, in verse number one, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. I'm encouraged by this words, this must shortly come to pass. Must come to pass. What does that mean? These things are going to happen, church. No matter how bad you think the world is getting, it's all falling into what, Christ, what God has already established is going to happen. Don't forget that. This means we can't rest and we cannot worry because God is in control. Did you get that? These things must come to pass. God is in control. Hear me. There is nothing that's going to happen in the second coming of Christ. Nothing's going to happen in the end times where God says, that's not what I had planned. That's not the way that I wrote it. This shows us the sovereignty and, and, and the control in the almighty God that we serve, that God knows the future, that God has a plan, and every single piece of the future that God has planned is going to come to pass. Nothing is going to be left out, and nothing is going to be added. God is in control, and we are a child of God, and we can trust him as these things unfold. Revelation reveals the future. Not only does Revelation tells us the things that must come to pass, the Bible also tells us that it's going to reveal the future. You know, one of the realities is this. When you are sure of what your future holds, you don't have to worry about the present. I'm trying to, I'm trying to save for my, my retirement, my future. And, and I, this is weird, I know. I'll just show you how weird I am. I'm, I'm trying to save, and, and I've thought to myself, man, if I could just see where I'd be in 20 years, if I could just take a peek of where I'm going to be, I think it would bring peace, or it would tell me I'm wrong. It would do something. It would either motivate me to save more, or I just need to know the future. And as I think about that, the reality is this, I don't know the future. I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. I, I, I don't know those things, but I do know this as a child of God, that God holds a future so I can trust him with today. And that's what the book of Revelation ought to bring, why it ought to bring peace. We are putting our faith in the one who holds the future. If I were to take a look at what the future is going to hold, I know this, God is never taken by surprise. And so I can trust God today with what he's doing. Number three, would you write this down as we just kind of survey this first couple verses of Revelation and look into what I want us to see as we study this book. I want us to see the promises of this book as well. Look, look what he says here in verse number two, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Look what he says in verse three, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of the prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Blessed is he that read it, hear it, and keep it. Why are we going to study the book of Revelation? 
Because I mean, I believe this, there's a special blessing that comes to those that read it, that hear it, and that keep it. And I want to be blessed of God. I, I don't want to get to heaven and the Lord said, I had something for you, but you failed to study. I, I, don't, I don't want to get to heaven and God said, well, I had something for the church, but you failed to give it. There's a special blessing to those that read it, that hear it, and that keep it. And so the challenge, church, as we read through this book and we study this book, is for us to keep this book or be obedient to the Lamb that we're going to study. The studying of the book of Revelation ought to bring obedience to serving Jesus Christ. Why? Because we're going to see that Jesus Christ is coming again. It could be at any moment. It's going to cause us to put life in the right perspective. As a child of God, at some point, very, very soon, we are going to see the one that it paid our sin debt. We're going to see the groom. Like a wedding day, the bride. Could you imagine if the wedding day came and the bride said to the groom, I'm going to be at Cedar Point that weekend. I'm going to be busy. I'm not going to be around. My son is supposed to be coming home this week and we can't wait. He's been gone for a year and, and we're anticipating every day having to hear that call, he's coming home. But one person that's even anticipating it more than all of us is his wife. She can't wait to see him. It's like a second wedding day for her, coming to see him. And I said to him, hey, bud, listen, let me know when you're going to get in because I'll drive down to Columbus and pick you up. He said, Dad, Sydney's going to do it. And I said, why do you want Sydney to do it? <laughs> Doesn't she work that day? <laughs> and my wife reminded me, well, it is his wife. The bride is looking forward to seeing the groom. The book of Revelation ought to excite the fact that the bride is going to see the groom face to face. You see, the book of Revelation is not just for knowledge, church, but the book of Revelation is to bring the church to action, to read it, to understand it, and obey the book of Revelation, the Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Christ. And so it should do this, and it will do this. It's going to unlock the mystery of history. Revelation 11.15 tells us this. Let me, let me just read that quickly for us. But 11, Revelation 11.15 tells us the, the, really the mystery of this all. After three days, and uh, I'm sorry, 11.15, the Bible says this. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And that is the mystery of history. All of this, from the beginning of Genesis, all the kingdoms, all the powers, all the things that have, have been accomplished here on this earth, all of it is coming to a day where it's going to be revealed that Jesus Christ is going to reign forever and ever. And that is what we're going to see. It's going to unlock the mystery. 
It brings understanding to why there is suffering. There's many today in this room that are going through suffering. And the book of Revelation is going to bring, help us understand why there is suffering. Because in Revelation 21.4, I love Revelation 21.4. It tells us this. We use this many times as we're there at the uh, uh, graveside of someone that we love. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. It's going to bring understanding of why they're suffering. This is not God's final plan. If you're going through suffering today, if you're going through heartache today, if you're going through death today or, or sickness today or tears today. Understand this church. This is not God's final plan. There's coming a day where none of that will be anymore. God himself is going to take every tear that you have. He's going to wipe those tears away. This is not the end. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign and we're going to see that. And then what it does is it brings confidence. We're going to see each of us ought to understand that by studying the book Revelation, it ought to bring confidence in chaos. Revelation 1.8, look with me in this chapter that we're already in. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which, which is, which was, which is to come. Would you just write, highlight the Almighty? It brings confidence. Jesus has it all under control. You know, we live in a world that it's, it, it can be a, it, it, can, it can be difficult. I saw, like you saw this past week, where mobs and mobs and mobs of teenage young people took over an entire area of New York City in nothing, nothing but destruction, nothing but violence, nothing but, but to vandalism took place. And I see those things and I think to myself, is there hope? Everyone that has seen this movie called Sound of Freedom. I've had so many people say, have you seen it? Have you seen it? And I said, I haven't. And so the other night I, I said, I'm going to go and watch this movie. And I sat there by myself watching this movie. And I'll tell you, I watched it. And all the way through it, I'm just full of anxiety. My wife said to me this. She said, so did you enjoy it? I said, how do you enjoy it? Yes, for the, for the, for, for the, I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it. <laughs> but the reality is this, at the end of it, when you find out that, that, that the sex trade is a $150 billion a year industry. When they said this, you can sell a, a bag of cocaine once, but you can sell a child five or six times a day. tell you, I, I feel that and I just get, what are we going to do? Two million people are in bondage to slavery today in our, in our, in our world. And many of them are children. I sat there and I thought to myself, is it hopeless? And I see the condition of this world, and I'm like you, and I think to myself, what can we do? Well, the book of Revelation tells us what can be done, that Jesus is going to come. And oh, listen to me, every one of those sick 
pedophilers will stand before an almighty God. They may think they're getting away with it here, but they will stand before God and God will cast them into lake and fire and they will pay for their sins. There's coming a day, and that's what the book of Revelation shows us. There's coming a day. It brings confidence to the chaotic world that we live in. And then lastly, we're going to see the prophecy of this book. The Bible says this, look with me in verse number three. He says, blessed is he that readeth and he that heareth the words and, and the prophecy and keepeth those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Don't miss those words. The time is at hand. Jesus can come at any moment. I won't have the time to turn to each of these, but in 1 Peter 4, Peter writes this, but the end of all things is at hand. Paul writes to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, upon whom the end of the world is come. Philippians 4, 5, the Bible says the Lord is at hand. James writes this in James 5, 8, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. John writes this in 1 John 2, 18, whereby we know that it is the last time. So every Christian ought to be living in light of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that has to take place in order for Jesus Christ to come. He can come at any moment. We call it the imminent return of Jesus Christ. And so as we study the things that are prophesied, the things that are going to be unveiled, and we're going to see some of these things real, uh, firsthand here in our world, some of these things that are coming to pass, things like this one world order. Things of the Antichrist is going to reign. We're going to see that here in the book of Revelation where the Antichrist is going to reign. We're going to see these things unfolding right before our eyes. One of the things, church, that, so, that the uh, Bible is going to speak about is the increase of knowledge. For many years, it, it was that, that knowledge was like this, and then it was only in recent years that knowledge has now just taken a spike unbelievable. You hear so often now artificial intelligence. How many of you have heard that so often? Some of us, we get mad. We, oh, we don't want that to happen. I want to order my Big Mac with a human being, you know? It's all part of what God is bringing together, the increase of knowledge. There's coming a day that those that are left behind are going to take a mark of the beast, and they won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without that mark. And we see these things coming to pass. We see a world at war. Isn't it amazing that, that, that the more we speak of peace, the more war is talked about? We are in as much of a threat or greater for a world war than we've ever been. Yet the world is crying for peace. Yet the reality is this, we are on, we are on a, a trajectory for total nuclear annihilation. It just takes for one madman to get the hold of, of some nuclear power. And when we see things in the book of Revelation, like a third of, a, of, of, of mankind is going to be destroyed... We see the probability of those things 
As the time of the second coming of Christ comes, we see this call for world wars. Daniel wrote of this in Daniel 12.4, in the last days, knowledge shall increase. In 2 Timothy, Paul warns Timothy of this. He says, evil men shall wax worse and worse. And we find all of these things that is told that is going to happen, they're happening. That means this, Christ's return is imminent. It might not be immediate. It might not be at this very moment, but it is coming. And so church, as we study, I want you to be here each week as you can. We'll pick up here in verse number four. We're gonna spend the next several, several weeks in this book of Revelation, studying these things through, bringing hope, bringing peace, and bringing understanding. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.